Hola, my name is Estrella. I'm an Afro-Indigenous cinematographer based out of Chicago, and you're listening to me on Thought Twist. What up, what up, what up, what up, and good morning. Good morning, that's right, because what if somebody didn't say that to you today? <laughs> What's going on, everybody? How are you all doing? Welcome to Plot Twist, the podcast, where we talk about the plot twists in our life while we highlight the culture and create community one conversation at a time. If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome. Hopefully you fuck with the vibe, y'all, because if you do, you have a lot to catch up on. This is episode 48. Feel free to hop around in between whatever catches your attention. But yeah, welcome newbies if you're a newbie. <laughs> so last week was a pretty long week, y'all. Like, it felt like it just did not stop. <laughs> I was like, it's only Tuesday? What do you mean? Like, the day that I uploaded the episode, I felt like I had already had two days ahead of me, but... Yeah, it's been very much that. Um, I think if I feel like anything, I feel like a brownie, like a corner piece of a brownie. You know, I feel pretty heavy. (laughs) Haven't been eating the best, but you know, I'm still good. You know, like I'm still fucking good. I still look good. I still feel good. Um, I've just been feeling a little heavy. I've been feel. I think in general, like everything's been pretty heavy lately, you know? So yeah, very much a brownie over here. How are you guys feeling? Like if you guys were a dessert or like a something edible, what would it be? What would it be? Definitely brownie over here. Corner piece though. Quick reminder, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay up to be, be one of the first people to listen to the podcast. We're out every single Tuesday. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, hit the follow and you'll be notified every single time that we have new episodes. So go ahead and do that. It takes what, like two seconds. (laughs) So go ahead and do that. I also have some bonus episodes, you know, in the back files. So I'm thinking about releasing those maybe in the next coming weeks probably not even on a tuesday so that's another good reason to subscribe so that you know when those come out so you're not behind and you get you get that bonus content we're also available on other platforms so if you don't listen on apple Podcasts or spotify go ahead on over to anchor.fm and you'll find all the other platforms that you can find plot twist on And if you like to spend your time on social media when you're not doing anything, like most of us do, follow on Instagram and on Twitter. We are at Plot Twist Podcast, P-L-O-T-W-I-S-T Podcast on on both sites. So yeah, hit us with a follow. I've been a little more committed to Twitter. I will not lie to (laughs) y'all. My Twitter fingers are getting there. Um, So yeah, hit us with a follow on there and let me know what type of content you guys want to see. I've been just kind of posting things that are related to the episodes, keeping you guys, um, you know, giving you guys the visuals to the audio. So go ahead and connect on there. One of my favorite things about the community on Instagram is seeing when you guys are listening to the podcast. Feel free 
feel very free, actually, because <laughs> this is free. Go ahead and screenshot the podcast, post it on your Instagram stories and tag me. Let me know. And I want to be reposting those this week. Where you at? Where you at? City shout outs. Where y'all at? This is the part of the show where I get to shout y'all out by your cities for listening, for showing up, and for just being here. Um, so usually I just do it by like the top cities. And if I've already called those out, then you know I just go to another city that I haven't already called out. But I always shout out the number one city. So thank you, Oakland, for always holding it down, for keeping it lit, for keeping it Bay Area as fuck. So thank you all for that. I see y'all out there in Jersey, though. Shout out to the Garden State, to the city of Newark, or as, you know, all y'all say, Nork. (laughs) Shout out to Sarah. Sarah gave me a beautiful tour of Nork, (laughs) of Nork, New Jersey, and it it was dope. It was, you know, I mean, she thought it was funny that I was geeking out, but, you know, a tourist will, as a tourist does. And that's what I did. Um, it was cool because we got to go out and we went to the... Um, obviously, this was pre-panoramic. So we got to get the little raspaditos. I don't know what you guys call them, but I call them raspados. Um, the... Oh, my God. I feel like the name is on the tip of my tongue. However, we had those little raspados. It was like cherry and coconut flavored in these little ass cups. It was so fucking cute. (laughs) Shout out to Newark, New Jersey. Truth be told, it doesn't really matter what city you guys are at or where you guys are at geographically. I'm just happy that you guys have found a podcast that you guys like to vibe with. So thank you all for being part of Plot Twist and um, being a listener. Share the podcast and let me know where you guys are at. I would love to see it. This is the part of the show where we open the big-ass window and let the air out. This is the vent sesh, y'all, a.k.a. La Ventana, where we open the window and just have a moment to let the air, let the smoke out. Talk about something that we want to vent about, you know what I mean? So I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, one of our most favorite internet trolls, (laughs) Lil Nas X. I'm truly proud of Lil Nas X because the way that he's been able to just be who the fuck he wants to be and troll people while he does it is just art in and of itself. (laughs) But man, Lil Nas X really does it. He is arguably one of the kings of the internet, at least one of the kings of this generation. So for those of you guys that have not been with the times... (laughs) Lil Nas X just released um, the video to Montero, his latest single. And let me tell you guys something. The song is a vibe, but the video just takes it to another level. So like every time that I listen to the song, the video is automatically a visual like for it, like no matter what I'm doing. So it's really cool in that way. But um, definitely go check that song out. Just to paint the picture for you guys, it is pretty much a reenactment of quite a few different biblical moments you know there and some fantasy things that probably didn't happen in you know that little booklet of life that people just invented one day (laughs) anyway um 
yeah, so there's like a there's like a moment where he's making out with like the serpent, which is so called the devil, um, in the Garden of Eden, and then there's like a judgment scene, um, where he's like in a giant coliseum, and it's giving very like coliseum, but also very much Hunger Games, if you know what I'm saying, like. It's giving very much a lot of different things that we've seen in in movies and other sci-fi type of things. And there's also the scene that everybody is talking about, the stripper pole scene. Like, come on. <laughs> we live for we live for a good stripper pole moment. Gender does not matter in a stripper pole moment. <laughs> and then it all ends with Lil Nas X giving the devil a lap dance, seducing him, and then killing him. <laughs> Sorry for the spoiler. If you guys have not seen it, too late. You should have seen it. And then he just takes the, the horns from the devil, y se los pone, and he's like, bitch, what? Now I'm the fucking king of hell. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck yeah. Oh, man, it was so dope. I thought that the production was awesome. I thought that the storytelling ability that he has is freaking phenomenal. Um, And quite frankly, I don't know that I... Like, I have existed before this little universe that he created for us. But I wish this was <laughs> I wish this was a visual before. I don't know. There's just a lot, a lot going on here. And I really liked it. Um, not that there's a competition between Bad Bunny's Yo Perreo Sola and um, this here Montero video. But if there was, y'all know I'm a Bad Bunny fan through and through. But Lil Nas X fucking did the fuck out of this. I don't care twerking flowers were cute but i'm sorry when a real queer person does something like this and it's fucking phenomenal like this i'm sorry bunny like i think bunny was he was a little stuck on the on the boobs like i think he went a little too far there but um Lil Nas X did what needed to be done. You know what I'm saying? Um, so much so that the Christians are mad. <laughs> the Christians are mad. And I had to take like five steps back and be like, why are y'all mad? Like, I get it, but I don't. Like, didn't the Christians invent the devil? So I'm like, y'all invented the devil. Y'all invented this whole ass story. Like a whole fucking moment in the whole Bible. Literally, like, what the fuck? You guys are over here creating all these, like, things that we're supposed to be scared of and things that we're supposed to avoid, like, being gay and queer and all this shit. And it's not working. It's not working and you guys are mad. And I love that. I love the fact that the religious people get mad off of fucking art. It's like, what else are you guys... Do you guys just like to be mad at things that you guys can't partake in because you guys are submerged into a community and a culture that says otherwise fucking weirdos not sure if you guys knew this but Lil Nas's actual birth name is Montero Lamar Hill which is the reason why he named the song Montero because it's um, a story of his life and a story of his experiences and he actually goes in on a tweet um, it's a letter to himself to his 14 year old self and he says dear 14 year old montero i wrote a song with our name in it 
It's about a guy I met last summer. I know we promised to never come out publicly. I know we promised to never be that type of gay person. I know we promised to die with the secret. But this will open doors for many other queer people to simply exist. You see, this is very scary for me. People will be angry. They will say I'm pushing an agenda. But the truth is I am. The agenda to make people stay the fuck out of other people's lives and stop dictating who they should be. Sending you the love from the future. That was really well said, well written, and I felt the passion and the love. Even the love that we can and should all have for our younger selves, you know? Thank you, Montero, for putting us into our feelings at this time. I think we all have something to learn from this, and I do feel very seen. You know, I'm still young and new and navigating this queer journey as a bisexual man, and it can get tough because at least once or twice a week, I have to work through those thoughts of, you know, coming out or just like the thought of am I living my life as authentically as I want to be? You know, am I doing what I want to be doing? Am I, am I me? You know, am I just simply me? And do I like me? Uh, so yeah, this letter really did hit different. I appreciated it and I feel like I need to do more of these letters or at least find ways of connecting with my old self. I do it. I for sure do, but I feel like I can, do this in other productive ways like this. Put me on because you don't know what you don't know. On this segment, I put you all onto something that I've come across, whether you know about it or not. If you do, we both get to geek out about it together. So today I wanted to talk about the women in the sneaker culture and, you know, it is Women's History Month, so it's very on brand for that. But I also just got a new job in tech, but it's also involving the sneaker industry. And so it kind of just ties in together with everything that's going on with me right now. So I um, was doing my Googles and I found Afrotech.com has an article of 10 innovative black women that are bringing the sneaker culture to the digital world. And I stumbled upon Brittany Perry, who is a lifelong sneakerhead and designer. And she took a chance on herself in 2015 and started her own shoe brand called Perico Shoes. And yeah, so let me tell you guys a little bit about Perico Shoes. So if you guys visit PericoShoes.com, they got a super nice aesthetic. It's very clean, very like, it's just very well presented. I really like the look that they got there. But reading on their about us section, let me tell you guys about a bit about them. Perico Shoes was created with the mentality of changing the perception of the sneaker industry. The world that we live in today is ever-changing, striving towards equality for all. The lines of division between women and men are making true efforts to fade. Perico, in tune with these efforts, prides itself on being a unisex brand. We are breaking gender barriers while delivering wearable versatility and style. 
So go on over and check out Perry Co. Shoes. You know, I read things in Spanglish voice sometimes. So when I read it, I was like, Perico Shoes. Perico Shoes. <laughs> I was like, Perico. Um, so yeah, Perico means parrot, if you don't know. But yes, um, Perico Shoes is a black woman-owned brand, and they are based out of Chicago, Illinois. Go check them out. They're also on social media. You can find them at Perry Co. Shoes. All of the information will be in the show notes. I just love the fact that the aesthetic is clean. It looks very like, you know, oh my God, there's a picture of Common and her in their... Um, Instagram, I'm like scrolling through while I'm recording. Wow, you guys definitely got to go check them. So yeah, go hit them with the follow. I will blabber forever about things that I'm a fan of. So go check them out. Fun fact, they are in one of the 17 only black owned streetwear boutiques. So, you know, so much dope shit that's happening out there. um, And I just want to put y'all onto it. So check them out at Perry Co. Shoes. Like I said, all the information is in the show notes. What's good, everybody? And welcome to another segment of La Sala on Plot Twist. So today we have a very special guest, somebody that is out here highlighting stories that don't always get told in Latinx media. I want to bring on Estrella Vargas. What's good, Estrella? What's poppin'? Hi, Daniel. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. And it's so amazing how from like one clubhouse conversation, uh, has it has led us to here like on your podcast. So I thank you. It's an honor. And uh, I'm excited to have this conversation on your podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, for, for real. I mean, when we met on Clubhouse, I was like looking through your bio, then I saw your Instagram and I was like, hold up. Afro indigenous from Mexico doing the damn thing, trying to be, a, I'm not trying to, you are doing it. You're uh, <laughs> right. directing on TV, just like doing the, doing the thing. So Tell us a little bit, actually, Estrella, where does your name come from? Because I'm sure there's a story behind that. Yeah, so um, I have two older brothers. And so uh, before me, um, my mom was pregnant with another boy and she had a miscarriage. Oh, sorry if and, I um, triggered anything. I'm sorry? I said, sorry if I like triggered anything. or. If oh, I, no, 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 no. You're fine. This is like, okay. good. This is, I, I talk about everything, so okay, cool. uh, no worries. But so um, my mom had waited like four years after that to have like another baby because she had like that traumatic, traumatic experience. And my dad and I, my, my, dad, my dad and her wanted a girl because she, they already had two, two sons. And um, when they found out that I was going to be a girl, they're like, we have to name her something special. And uh, my mom, my dad wanted me to be named Estrella Lluvia de Estrellas. But my mom was like, no, le van a llamar aguacero. And like, uh, <laughs> like, like, you don't want her to be called different names. But nobody was going to call me that because in the United States, like, they don't know what aguacero is. And like, um, <laughs> Facts. So then my mom was like, okay, let's just cut it short to uh, Estrella. And then that's how my name started. 
Wow, that's hella dope. Okay. Yeah, I was mainly asking also because my mom has a daycare that she named Estrellita's daycare. So I was like, I was like that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> the connections, the connections. Right. So growing up, you're from Chicago, you say, right? Yeah, I was born and raised in Chicago. Um, I live, I live in, uh, I still live uh, here and um, still live in the same house that I was born in. Um, it's located in Humboldt Park and it's a predominantly Puerto Rican neighborhood. So growing up, like um, seeing like a different culture uh, than my own, just like made me appreciate all the other, like just like learning about other cultures at such a young age. And um, I used to go to the corner store and eat like papa rellenas and like apurias and like <laughs> come home and eat pozole and like all that stuff. So I really love that. And since I was a little girl, I just, I'm like, I like, I want to, I want to expand my horizons, and, like understand different cultures. So um, it was, if I loved growing up in Chicago because I was able to get that diversity at such a young age. For sure. So being that we're in the Sala segment, you just told us that you are living in the house that you were born and raised in. What can you describe to us what your Sala is like, maybe now or maybe when it was when you were a child? Like, what are what are some things that that you definitely feel like your Sala has had or always has to have, if that's a proper question? Yeah. Um, well, my Sala has like this huge window and if I don't know if a lot of you know this about me, but I just, I hate turning on the lights and if there is like natural light coming out from the windows. Um, so what I, when I think about my sala, I think about that window and natural light coming in and just like in the morning, specifically in the mornings, like um, gathering around with my family and having a cup of coffee and just like talking about our days or talking about what's going on in the world. And um it's it's very communal and I just picture like the Virgin Mary just like like uh hanging up on the wall I've been there in the same spot for like as long as I can remember uh so I guess that's just like a very spiritual very um very uh a healing place where uh, I get I spent a lot of time with my family like a sanctuary kind of like your yes, safe space that's the word. <laughs> yeah no I didn't really grow up too much with La Virgencita actually at all in my family um we didn't grow up Catholic but I can say that I do appreciate the vibe and I do appreciate the um the artistry behind even having a Virgencita in your house because I don't know I think I think it's dope to have a visual representation of what you're believing in and and um growing up I think that you could have told me otherwise and I would have been like no da 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 because you know growing up in a different faith, they teach you all types of things. But as I've grown older, I feel like I've unraveled my own spirituality and try to find my own sanctuaries in my own home and making it like that. So I can definitely understand how that would make you feel like it's a healing space. So I also want to like backtrack and talk about oh, for like sure. the, the like Virgencita. So when I think about so religion, um, I grew up Catholic. And my mom is very religious. There's like Virgencitas and like dioses everywhere. Um, (laughs) But after I went to college, I kind of questioned it. And I wasn't really 
I like I parted away from it because I saw how oppressive it was like historically and how it has forced like Catholicism has forced Mexicans to forget about their indigenous roots and like their spiritual like Tolteca roots um, because of it because of like um, you have to you know be this God and they were forced mm -hmm. to do it and so it's like I see the Virgencita as like like an, a piece of art that represents women and divinity but in but like it's, it's complicated so but like there's definitely yeah, layers like, to it there's mm -hmm. definitely layers to it and I feel like growing up myself um I grew up uh I grew up Mormon I grew up in a Christian religion and yeah I've taken back what I, I've had to take hella steps back and had to make sure that I know what I believe. And I no longer really subscribe to it, but I definitely understand the the part that you're saying that you went to went away to college and you had to question it because that's a really, that's a really questioning time in life. And that's really where you start to make up your own decisions and you start to figure out like what's what and what's not. So for sure, I've I, I realized that religion and spirituality can have a lot of layers to it. And you can piece together all of those things. So being that we had a we had a conversation on clubhouse where you were talking about um about how like afro-indigenous communities in mexico are very very marginalized can you talk about how that has kind of been a passion of yours to you know bring it out and talk about that yeah so how so getting back to the question that you asked about how my identity has influenced like um or just how i grew up how it's influenced me um so at the beginning of my life, I didn't really think about my identity. I just knew I was Mexican. My parents were Mexican, but I grew up in a predominantly Puerto Rican neighborhood and people would see me and they'd, they'd say, oh, you're Puerto Rican, you're Dominican, you're from the Caribbean. And I'm just like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't question why they thought I was like that, but I knew it was because I had darker skin than most Mexicans and had curlier hair than most Mexicans and um, that they saw in Chicago. Um, and I just kind of like, no, 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 like I'm Mexican. And then I would see the anti-Blackness in my community and I never really let it get to me. Like I never let a person's color determine like if I was going to talk to them or not. So um, I'm glad that I don't know why, but like I, I just refused it. And so when I went to college, I came back from from school and I was just talking to my dad casually. And he was like telling me because he's always telling me stories and then in the sala too. And um, <laughs> he was just telling me, oh, yeah, you know, like there was one time where blah, blah. And then he said, oh, yeah. And did you know that in the other side of uh, not other side, but um, close to where they were born in Guerrero, um, there's a part called Costa Chica in Guerrero. And there's like, he's like, and there's black people there. They're like, they have Afros, they have like really dark skin and, and they're Mexican. And I'm just like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, and so I started investigating more and I was like, I need to visit this place. So when the, the next time we went to Mexico, um, I, I I told my aunt, I was like, I don't care. My, my parents don't want to go, but 
I, I let's road trip there. Like, let's busy, let's visit them, right? So you were hella so down, they, huh? Hell yeah, I was like, because my parents are always scared. They're like, oh, we, we don't want to travel in Mexico because we're gonna get shot. Or no, like, I feel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the narcos and stuff. And I'm just like, I mean, if I die doing what I love, then I mean, that's I'm as as long as I was doing what I love, right? So we visit this place in Guan. It's called Guajilnicuilapa, um, Guerrero. And they have a whole museum about <laughs> Afro-Mestizo um, culture. It's the only one that exists in Mexico. And I went wow, in there. Wow, the only they, one. And they talked to, and it's not like, it's like, you don't even know it. Like when people go visit Mexico, they, oh, Cancun or the, the Aztecs and the pyramids and stuff. But it's like, this is not really ingrained in our culture. And I'm like, why aren't we talking about this? Like what the hell so i um i went into the museum and they had like the, the slave ships they had all the history of how the how um um afro-mexicans came to uh, or the, like african people came to mexico and and the influences it has had on on mexican culture and i was learning so much and it was like amazing but it was sad as, as at the same time because i'm like why is this being hidden you know, like all this culture. And then after that, we went to talk to people. I was, I was just at the beach and I was just talking to them and they all talked about their, their struggles about being heard and being seen and feeling a part of their culture. That people, when they leave their communities, like people question them. They think they're Cuban. They think they, they're like immigrants and stuff like oh, that, sure. but they've been living um, there for the, all their lives. And so it was a very like, like a, spiritual moment for me um and like a a a wake-up call and so I started questioning my parents like okay tell me more about our family and (laughs) I started learning more and like they were like yeah you're you're my uncle he was he was Afro-Mexican my mom's like oh yeah my my uh, my uncle from my mom's side um he was uh, um like a, a black person and I'm just like what and then just like it's just like took me back to my childhood and I'm like like how can you guys be <laughs> you know how can Mexicans be anti-black if they have blackness in their blood if they've right. had family members who are like and so is so it prompted me to research the Afro-Mexican community understand why we have gotten to this point where it's like their culture is being erased and um and then I took a a genome test where um I wanted to see like where my blood came from is and that like a 23 like, and me or what it's kind of like a 23 and me but it was with like National Geographic oh dang yeah so then oh, I got wow. the results and it's like like most of my blood is Native American but I have like 30 percent from like Western Africa wow that's hella and dope so, that you could do that yeah and then it's just like that was the moment where I was like it took me back to like you know growing up in a Puerto Rican neighborhood and being called like from the Caribbean and I understood because like people perceived me as as like like Afro Latina since like I was little but I just couldn't put it into into words. Dang, isn't that crazy how like sometimes it takes hella years and hella different experiences for you to answer those questions of like your childhood like you and sometimes we put we like don't even question some of them some of those things we're just like whatever, y los ponemos in the back files of our brain. And then when <laughs> when we can't discover shit, ahí, ahí salen las, las respuestas. But 
what I wanted to say is I can definitely relate to parts of what you're saying because um, not necessarily that I've been confused for um, Afro-Latino or anything like that, but I get confused for like Filipino or some type of random mix, which is interesting because it sparks a conversation where people start to talk about where I'm from and da da da, like all of that. But at the same time, it gets a little bit like exhausting that people have to keep questioning or keep wondering or keep like asking, why do you look like this? And why are you in front of my face? Like, how did you get here? And it's like, I don't know, bro, but how did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know? it's so exhausting. And that's why, and that's why I'm in the film industry because a lot of like the messages and perceptions that we get of cultures is what we see on TV of them. Exactly. And um, yeah, I, I get confused a lot for, for Filipino or some type of random like mix with Asian and then they see my hair and I mean, I'm wearing a hat right now in the video, but or in the Zoom call, but um but yeah I got curly hair I got curly hair not maybe as um curly as other folks but it's definitely curly and so the people are like oh you got like your eyes are a little stretched out and you have curly hair and like you speak Spanish and like how did this come to be I'm like bro I have no idea tampoco because I'd be asking my mom right I'm like yo I'm trying to get my 23 and me too like let's get there too <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah so you you're you're what were you saying no I do it because it really puts into perspective how, how like you can't really call someone just like, like Latino. Like no, you have you have um, genetics from like everywhere in the world. Right. I have freaking I have freaking ancestry from from Southeast Asia, um, from oh, wow. from Europe, obviously because of colonization. But it's like places that I never thought I would be. I would have like like uh, blood from and stuff like that so it's mm -hmm. it, it puts a lot of things into pers into perspective yeah my mom one time told me she, I don't know it was a very brief conversation but she's like yeah I feel like we have some family members that like immigrated from Cuba to Mexico and, th and I was like my you feel like that or is that for real because <laughs> I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to freaking hold on to something that's not my that's not ours you know what I'm right. saying so I, I definitely have to go find me a little museum of my heritage in Mexico and do what you did uh because that's super important super super important and that's dope that it drove you to to be in film who are some of your your role models right now in the film industry tv industry people that you kind of look up to definitely Issa Rae she... uh, it was her birthday yesterday Oh yeah, she it was. <laughs> and she's like in her mid 30s. I'm like, I'm gonna be as successful right. as her in my mid 30s. Like and her skin is right. doesn't end after 30s. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And uh so Issa Ray for sure because she like she started like like everyone, you know, like she was mm. she made this like the awkward um the awkward black girl series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the awkward black girl series and and um she went to like making insecure and it's like if you're passionate about something it just motivates motivates me like her story because it's like she didn't care like she she um she did this whole series she posted it on youtube and she continued to tell stories and until you know she got found and and like her mission has never changed and she stayed the same and she's humble as fuck and um i just i love her and i just love her personality 
but also Ava DuVernay. Mm, another good one. Mm-hmm. She's paving the way for women directors. And even though, I, you know, like, I don't think I'm ever going to be a director, but you never know in the film industry, it takes you everywhere. Um, but it's just good to see, you know, women being at the highest position and like on set and like leading important mm -hmm. like movies like 13th and like uh, so many more yeah 13th was yes. 13th was amazing uh i was gonna say what is like one of your um one of your favorite characters from insecure because i feel like we all got we all got a couple of favorite characters from this from the insecure series but uh what about yours I haven't watched it. You haven't watched it? Oh, man, I'm about to cut that out. I'm just playing. <laughs> cut it out. Cut it out. No, I haven't watched it because I I, I don't know where it is. Like, Oh, it's on like, HBO. Oh, okay. See, I don't have HBO. And oh, but hey, but it's all good. Yeah, I've been like, a lot of people have been asking me about it. And I'm like, girl, I've been trying to. But then every time I, I like try to like get to like watching it or like looking for it i was just like so much shit happening no but. it's good <laughs> i just thought that you might have seen it but it's all good um so yeah so 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 those are some of your your inspirations how i was like um how is it like telling your family like what you want to do because personally me as somebody who does a podcast and is interested in media it's like what is that like are they paying you? Is right. every interview that you do like this, that, and the other? Why don't you interview so-and-so? And I'm like, ma, I cannot interview fulano de tal right now. Like, <laughs> I don't have that budget. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like that's why uh, when I was when I was little, I never, I loved the arts. I loved Photoshop. Like I knew I was very creative, but I never saw it as like a profession because my my family never saw it as like uh, a career. Mm -hmm. And um, so I deviated away from it. I was just like, okay, let me just do like sociology or communication or do something that I know it's going to make money because like my parents' mentality is like a career is only something that's going to be, um, it's going to generate income. And now like that, I, I'm like, okay, no. I don't care if I'm going to be, you know, it's not going to be um, stable. Like my, my income, like uh, of a yearly, it's like, I want to do what I love. And so when I committed to going back to school and doing film, like my dad was like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, <laughs> he was just trying to talk me out of it, like how hard it was and like how, like, you know, you're probably not going to make, um, you can make a lot of money, but it's like not consistent. You got to go like job for job. It's not secure and stuff like that. But my mom was kind of like at a point where she was like, because my mom was like, also at the beginning, she was like, no, don't do it. Like do teaching or, or do be a doctor or a nurse or stuff like that. But then at that point, um, she was like, you know what? Like just let her do what she loves. Like she'll figure it out. She's smart. And, 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 and just like give her the space to, to learn and grow professionally. So I'm, I, I like, I'm so happy that she finally like accepted that I'm an artist and that I want to pursue this. So, I mean, it took years, 
<laughs> decades. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Because I was going to say you got your degree in communication, sociology and anthropology, and then totally took, um, some might say a left turn on film and television. But I think that those are things, those three things that you went to school for are great background for what you want to do because yeah. the depth that the depth that you can reach is going to be so much different than the depth that um fulano de tal that was only doing um whatever the fuck he was doing you know what i mean like i don't know <laughs> it just it makes sense i feel like you got like you you definitely assessed what you needed to do did that checked off the check marks y después you're doing what you want to do for real for real yeah um, you're so right because i feel like I still, I feel like that's why, like, I've, I'm doing this, the research, I don't know, I talked about it on Clubhouse, but the research on, on finding best techniques to light darker skin tones, I feel like that derives from my bachelor's degree in theory-based um, majors, like communication right. and sociology, because those allowed me to think critically about okay what what am I learning and what's missing and Damn, why is for real. and asking all these questions about um society and like who are we focusing on what group are we focusing on in story in like storytelling in film and I, not a lot of people ask those questions and this research research has never been really done at the Paul so I'm surprised but I'm glad that you know at least I've started the conversation and have I'm paving the way for for this research to take on another level because it's it's long overdue like like darker skin tones need to be um at the center of cinematography of film because for so long for uh, like hundreds of years like we've we've just put white people in the center right and we need to disrupt that you're breaking the mold and you're flipping a table <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's why like um after i graduated i worked at the tv station um can tv and i'm like i don't want to be like diciendo chismes or like like interviewing like uh politicians about their fake um propaganda for the people um i just feel like that's just not gonna get us anywhere or, like I, it's just constricting my my potential to like not change the world but make make a change um, right like start a wave right and so that's when I was just like you know what no like this is not where I want to be let me go back to school facts facts yo I love that I freaking love that all right mi gente this is the bread and butter of the show what is your plot twist at this point, I'm going to be asking Estrella what is her plot twist, and I loved her answer. It really brings us to present day and making the best out of what we've got, making the best out of life, and literally chasing your dreams and making sure you just feel fulfilled. I don't know how you guys feel about your own plot twist stories. We all got them. We all got one. It could be small. It could be big. It could literally have happened yesterday. So think of yours and um, yeah, like just reflect on this one as well. I don't know. There's a lot of parallels that I, I feel like we can draw from this. But anyway, this is Estrella's plot twist. So, so the transition between um, 
leaving Can TV, the TV place. Um, it didn't happen to like it. So the transition between Can TV and going to, to school and studying film and cinematography happened because um, of like very negative experience that I, I faced. So like um, I had a boyfriend at the time and um, he passed away. Oh and my goodness, we I'm so same, sorry. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was like, wow. You know, something that, death is something that you never planned for, right? right. But, you know, we were the same age. We were 23 at the time. Oh, man. And like, <laughs> like, like my life just like, it just like came down and I just felt like everything like on my shoulders. And it made me like realize it, my life took a third, like 360. Like it made me realize how, how life is like, it's like, it's short, you know? Like you never know when it's gonna like end. Like it's here it's, one day and it can be gone the next. And like before, you know, he passed away. Um, it was kind of like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Like worrying about the future, the future, the future, or like talking about the future with him and like never got to happen. And it's like, why did I waste my time thinking about a moment that what wasn't, um, I'm just like losing words. I don't know, like. No, no, I'm, I'm like here guaranteed. with you. I'm like riding the wave with you right here. What'd you say? It's like, why think about a moment that's just not guaranteed with which is the future and why why like my life before I was constantly thinking about the future and so after that I was like okay no what I'm gonna what am I gonna do now like I need to stop lying to myself I need to stop um waiting until a year to start something like I need to act now so it made me really come back to the present um like this experience and it made me and that's why I was like, okay, let me be real with myself. That's when I was the realest with myself. And I was like, Damn. what do I want to do? Where do I see myself? Like, um, like being happy, like in what environment? And I'm just like film. I love making films. Okay. Let's, let's apply to the grad school. And that was like the transition. So my process was like very, a very negative experiences, which I'm pretty sure. I mean, some, a lot of people like their plot twist is comes from like a very low point or um, like a very drastic change in their life. Uh, but that was definitely mine. And, and it, just, it just made me see life differently. And wow. Yeah. I'm like, I'm right there with you. I feel like I just felt a piece of that. And that's, that's intense because um, um, we're running short on time. But if I could even just say this, I've had three frat brothers of mine pass away within 2020. Um, and the most last one was super tragic. And it was very much a similar story like yours. He had a girlfriend and, you know, it was it was so tragic the way that it happened. It was one of the people that I'm like, somebody that I really never expected. I mean, I didn't expect anybody to die, you know, but if there was one person from like my chapter that I'm from that I wanted to connect with after the pandemic was over, Oh man, like you know me and my 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 uh, clubhouse background says um, I'm into like CBD and cannabis culture. So I was like really looking forward to like hanging out with him after the pandemic and smoking a blunt and just chilling yeah. and just like 
talking about life because it's just so short and I just really wanted to connect and just feel that because I I have hung out with him before and all that but it was just like just like fuck like people really be out here yeah it makes you think about all the moments that you wish you had with them and like how like just like reaching out is so important because you never know when the last time you're gonna see them right and for like a long time like maybe like two weeks after he died like I I don't know I try to get in touch with my spiritual side and like my ancestral energy and stuff and I don't know I felt like his presence was like around which made me feel good but it just is so crazy how like how thin the portal can be and how quick it can be for some folks and yeah well all that to say is that we got deep we did we did you know how it gets though but yeah take life take life as you can yeah so if anybody gets anything out of this like if you're uh, questioning like if you should reach out to some someone or um you don't know if you're ready to like um jump in on a career like just do it because you never know if tomorrow's promise like you need to just do it now and believe in yourself and be honest with yourself because you know you life is short life is very short for some and it's precious so take advantage of every minute Oh, man. Thank you so much, Estrella. Thank you so much for chilling with us in La Sala. I appreciate you. And we'll be seeing you in, we'll be seeing you around in um, Clubhouse. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. I'm glad you have this platform. Um, It's important for us as Latinos um, and artists and as as people to like talk about these things and to um, encourage one another to pursue our dreams and to um get deep (laughs) it's a network it's a community where can my folks find you where can we connect with you uh you can find me on instagram um my instagram is filmmaking mommy and uh you can find me on clubhouse my name is estrella vargas or facebook also my website www.estrellavargas.com reach out to me if you have a story to tell um i'm a filmmaker and um i want to tell your story if, if you let me Right, come on. They'll making mommy out here. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, she out here. Bueno pues estrella. Thank you so much. Keep shining. We are at the end of the show, y'all. This is La Gaveta, the final segment where we just take a minute to talk about something random. Um, kinda doesn't always have to go with the show. It's just something to walk away with, something to take home to the homies, something to talk to the family about. But this time it's something you can do. So I've been taking a deep dive into music and finding, you know, different tracks, different artists. Um, But recently me and one of my best friends decided that we can start doing this together. So I suggested that we find an artist that we want to listen to every week and just kind of take a deep dive i want to talk about it we haven't really connected on it yet we've just kind of started doing it so that's something that i'm really looking forward to i love music i love talking about music and songs and lyrics so uh this week is uh busta rhymes (laughs) to take it all the way back and it's been cool it's been dope to 
just see where the musical inspiration comes from, where you find different samples. I love finding samples personally. That's one of my favorite things is like, oh shit, this song was sampled this time and this time, and it actually comes from this song. And then when you find that song, you're like, hold up, that song was inspired from the, you know, I just go into a whole rabbit hole. And so I highly suggest y'all take a deep dive into some music and go find something that y'all want to get into. And y'all know me, I love making playlists, so I can't wait to see what type of playlists I'm going to come up with throughout the rest of the year because I could always use more. I don't know about you guys, but I could always use more. (laughs) Come on, Little Mermaid. (laughs) But who cares? I want more. I do. I want more playlists. So um, join me if you guys want to. Fuck it. Like, come on. Like, let's all deep dive into some music. Send me recommendations if y'all want to. I love music. Alternative R&B has been my thing. So I'm pretty excited to find some more alternative R&B to vibe with. But that's it, y'all. That's all I got for you guys. Today's affirmation is go and stretch in a position that you've never stretched before. (laughs) Have a good one, y'all. Make it a great week. See you guys next time.